Hello everyone and welcome to the Early Stages podcast by APX, Season 2, Episode 2. My name is Søren and once again I am joined by Jörg Reinbold, serial entrepreneur, angel investor, former eBay boss and today managing director of APX, Europe's leading investor for startups at the earliest stages of their ventures. Hi Jörg, how are you? Hey Søren, hey everyone, uh, I'm fine. Great you are listening. So again, this week, Jörg will be my co-host on this podcast, where we try to zoom in on all the various aspects of starting your own company and get learnings and insights from founders and experts to guide you, dear listener, through everything you need to know about building a successful company from scratch. So if you're thinking of starting your own business, if you already did, or just have an interest in the startup ecosystem of Europe, we think this podcast is for you. On today's episode, we will be talking about building a team for your startup and what you need to have in mind when you do so. Jörg, this is a leading question, but are companies best built by individuals or by teams? I think the easy answer is both. I think it needs a great team to build a company, but you also need excellent individuals to take a startup to the next level. I think in general, my experience is that the earlier, the more important the quality and the excellence of the individuals is. And together, they should form a team that can together get to like new levels of output and, and creation and everything. And the older and more senior a company gets, the less important are the individuals. Warren Buffett once said, I only want to invest in companies that can be run by monkeys. And he invests in like very, very established companies. I think Early stage startups are the complete opposite. It's all about the humans, the individuals, their qualities, and how together they can form something that is even better than just the sum of the individuals. And then I think that is something amazing, and that's also why I'm an investor, because I love experiencing founder team dynamics and seeing them uh, turn their their plans or dreams, uh, depending on how, how romantic they are, into reality. Yeah, that's great. And then we are exactly going to focus on this stage that you're talking about now, the, the, the very early stages. How do you go about it when you are building your company from scratch with regard to bringing people on board? We're joined by, first of all, Ivan Ten, the co-founder of Human Life, a market network platform that makes old influencer video content discoverable in one place for advertisers and video agencies so they can license video snippets from popular social media stars and reach a younger audience. Welcome, Ivan. How are you? Hi, Soren. Hi, Jörg. Thanks very much um, for, for inviting me to this podcast. Look forward to discussing. Yeah, and it's great to have you here, Ivan. And we've invited you to speak about this topic because your experience with building a team, I think, is an interesting one. Your startup journey actually started without any co-founder or clear idea of what to build. Uh, can you tell us, first of all, just a little about that? Most certainly. I mean, I've always been quite entrepreneurial in general. So human life is my third venture. Having said that, over the past sort of two, three years, I well, I actually, after my first two ventures, I had my first job, which was in finance. And 
as exciting as it was, you know, in terms of, you know, working as part of a larger corporate, it was a bit of a lockdown reflection over the COVID period, you know, in terms of wanting more from life, you know, just not wanting to be stuck in a nine to five initially. So there's that inner sort of fire. I think a lot of entrepreneurs like in terms of sort of taking risk, creating something exciting and, you know, know, leading a life of purpose, essentially. So essentially, it came down to a point when it was evening, I think it was the week before Christmas in 2020, when I remember, you know, um, know, I was one of maybe about five people that was still coming to the office out of over 100 people. And I just remember, you know, it was 7 p.m., you know, like any finance shop, we grind the late hours. And, you know, I just walked into my boss's office, essentially, and just said... No, I'm out, you know, this is enough for me because simply it just wasn't exciting. You know, you're just churning the same routine every single day. So then then it really sort of got me down to saying, all right, how am I going to start you know, my next business venture, essentially? And I think the thing that got me really nervous, especially within sort of this sort of COVID sort of ongoing lockdown period that we were in, was, you know, how do you meet people? How do you network? You know, because I think a lot about building startups or even finding a team, finding your co-founders is all about, you know, meeting people, essentially. So that's where, you know, I started sort of digging around. And it was funny, it's through Lunch Club. So I'm not sure if you guys have heard of Lunch Club before, which is this website that matches you up with um, people every week, you know, to have effectively some sort of networking. So I met someone through there, which just came out of the Antler program. And he's telling me all about it. And, you know, how Antler, you know, brings together a group of entrepreneurial people. You know, you find your co-founders, then you find a problem area and develop a business out of that, which I found quite exciting. So that's where I applied to Antler. And effectively, this this journey of human life started where I found my co-founder, you know, we built the idea and eventually sort of pitched and reached out to APX for investment. And, and here we are today. Yeah. And today you're a portfolio member of both. In that sense, like Antler played a key role for you here, as you're saying. And let's take our listeners on board with who Antler uh, is as well, because we're also joined today by our second guest on today's panel, Darren Murphy, who's Associate Director of Antler, a VC that, among many other things, really specializes in helping founders uh, find co-founders for their business. Welcome, Darren, to the podcast. Could you tell us a little bit about yeah, Antler and, and your approach to helping founders like Ivan? Yeah, sorry, and thank you for having me. So we were founded in Singapore in 2017 by Magnus Grimland. Magnus was the co-founder of Zalora, which at the time was Southeast Asia's leading online fashion brand. That was acquired by Global Fashion Group, where he became CEO. When he exited that, he then um, started Antler, to help entrepreneurs launch their next business. This has grown now to today being one of the largest global early stage VC funds with more than 15 offices around the world. I'm associate director here in the UK, where I met Ivan. I'm head of the program though across Europe, Middle East and the Americas. As I was saying, around the world, we have these 15 locations. They each offer a nuanced offering of a cohort where you bring together a bunch of strangers, all people that are driven to have grit, have some credibility for building a business. Over the course of maybe seven to 10 weeks, they go through different mix and matches of trying to figure out maybe where the right people to work together. And I'm really grateful for Ivan for mentioning things in the correct order, because that's one of the things that we do focus on is team first, problem area second, and then is this an investable business comes last. Um, so yeah, we really double down on that team, then problem area and the validation before our investment committee. But our due diligence process really kicks off right at the beginning. So everyone that comes into the cohort comes in on their own merit as an individual. 
doesn't necessarily matter whether a technical profile, a business profile, a domain expert or something like this. It's about that person's individual drive, grit, determination and credibility for founding a business. I suppose over those seven to ten weeks, and hopefully we'll delve a little bit more into what it is exactly we focus on over the course of this conversation, but initially the first thing that we get everyone to look at is themselves. Um, sure, we've invited them to join the cohort and think that they can credibly find a co-founder within that time period. But if they don't know what their values are, their ambition is in terms of what they want to get out of building a company, it's a flawed process. And I think that's one luxury that you gain by going through something like Antler. Instead of just kind of, pardon my language, fumbling around and trying to find a co-founder to make a business work, you're actually in a space where you're supported and guided through that process. And you can actually know from other people's mistakes what to do and what not to do. Ivan, um, I've got a question. Before we later talk about how like building a team works best, I would be super interested in how was it for you to find your co-founder? Because I think it's a very special situation where Antler hopefully supported you quite a bit and they did by connecting the two of you. How was that? Because the normal situations I know is that people know each other for quite a long time or they have some very unstructured story of how they met and how they then decided to to start a company together. How was that for you? Yeah, most certainly. I mean, I know from my previous experience when I founded my first and second venture, it was almost like that. sometimes a bit of the luck to draw. You know, you meet someone, you know someone, and that's how they fall in your lap and they become your co-founder. Whereas I think the L Antlers process was a lot more structured, which was actually a really sort of breath of fresh air in terms of saying, you know, is this the right co-founder for you? Is this right co-founder for your business? So I think it, it really wound down to, you know, firstly, before you look out, you look inwards first. So I'm sure Darren would explain a lot more in greater detail down the road. But in terms of, you know, understanding what your knowledge and what your skills are, you know, what what's your strengths, what's your weaknesses, what's your skill set, what's your skill gaps, essentially. And it's that idea where it's also trying to be honest with yourself, because I'm sure, you know, everyone's got their LinkedIn profile, for example, and it just shouts a lot of words sometimes. But then you know, deep down inside, do you actually know heart of hearts? Is that something that A, you can execute, but more importantly, is that something that you really want to do? Because I think part of entrepreneurship and part of business is building a business that you want and that you like and people like too. Because I think it starts from the founders. Is the founders are enthusiastic about what they do. That filters down throughout the entire company. So at Antler, you know, it was this very sort of so slightly structured process in terms of you know writing down on a piece of paper, you know, what your actual skills are. No, and what, what you like doing and what you don't like doing. But then also sort of following on after in terms of, you know, what are your sort of reasons for founding, you know? So, you know, why do you want to start a business essentially? Is it because you want to create some exciting product or whatnot? You want to be the next Elon Musk or Steve Jobs? Or is it on the flip side too? You want to make a quick buck essentially, which is like, you know, everyone's got different reasons for it. And to be honest, there's no right or wrong reasons, but it's making sure that within a co-founding team that you have this um, sort of matched up process, essentially. And it's it's one through the Antler process of finding a co-founder. It's I sort of describe it, and a few of the other sort of participants to it within the cohort described it as, as a crazy sort of Love Island story. It almost felt like that within Antler, where the first two, three weeks, you know, you're going on a lot of dates, you're sleeping in a lot of beds, essentially, and you're trying to experiment, you're, you're trying to feel it out. And 
you know, I think I think sort of everyone sort of hates to say it, but it's it's almost like finding a partner within a relationship, you know, whether it be your next boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever partner down the road. It's almost that same experience where you want to get to know them both professionally and also personally too, you know. So it's really experimenting with all of that to really see, you know, what gels because the reality is within a business, you know, your co-founding team, this is something long-term. Building a startup is, is a long road ahead. You know, it's, well, three years if you're very, very lucky, but realistically it's five, 10 years, however long you want to make it. So it's making sure that the bond is there, which is this really strong thing. And it's, it's one where once you've done the process, it's something you'll know when you know. I hate to say it, like you, some people can have a checklist, you can have whatever sort of quantitative process or qualitative process you want. But then sometimes at the end of the day, it's like you go through the process and you're like, all right, at the end of the day, it's like, what's your gut feeling? You know, is this something that you want to sort of churn through and, and power on? And that's how that's how I met my co-founder, Nero. And that's how you know, we started sort of building human life, essentially, you know, by finding, you know, things that were common in. So both of us were very creative. He's a filmmaker and I'm more from the art side too. So it's finding common things, but also making sure that we share an enthusiasm for what we're building in terms of problem areas. This is something that we we feel and, um, you know, that we all feel the pain and it's something that we really want to solve. And that's interesting. And maybe before we go over to Darren to also hear a little bit more about sort of how in general Antler, the love island we understand of uh, getting founders together works. Could you tell us a little bit about what ended up being what really guided you, Ivan? What were you really looking for? And I know that you're someone who's very big on the importance of vision when it comes to building a company. So could you take us a little bit into like what really guided you? I think I think the easiest one to start in terms of what really guided me is just in terms of skill set. So for me, I, I sort of realized, you know, I'm a bit more outward facing, you know, I like chatting with people and whatnot, you know. So sometimes then you realize, okay, what's my skill set? I think the most obvious skill gap within me is sort of the lack of more sort of technical and operational knowledge. So that, that slightly sort of hones down your focus suddenly in terms of saying, all right, this is the sort of people... Um, that that I want to um, work with. And yeah, it's just pinpointing those set of people, trying to stay focused within a group. As you know, imagine, again, going back to the dating analogy, right? If we're on Tinder or something like that, you know, you can swipe all day long. You know, how do you know when to choose the right one? And how do you know when to go on a second, third, fourth, fifth date, essentially? So it's trying to stay focused. And um, yeah, and once you see sort of signs of momentum, keep that momentum going and see how you build. I think that's a good place also to bring you in, Darren, and now we'll really see how you feel about this love island analogy, the matchmaking paradise of Antler. Tell us a little bit about how you go about helping founders find co-founders and all the steps that they will need to go through during this process that you do with them. You talked about the seven to ten weeks earlier, but take us a little bit more into the detail. Yeah, of course. So what we do is, um, is with the 50 to 60 people in the cohort is we ship them all out to a house in the Balearic Islands and then over the course of seven to ten weeks slowly eliminate out the, the couples that we don't think are going to get investment. No, of course, that is actually the script of Love Island. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I feel a little bit to blame for Ivan saying that it's like Love Island. I'm pretty sure I've said that a few times myself. When I explain to people what I do, so saying it's a bit like Love Island and Dragon's Den rolled into one um, seems to get the best description across. But what we actually do in those, those kind of those few weeks, as Ivan says, is in, is in the first couple of weeks, it's all about yourself. 
Um, it's also about everybody else that's in this cohort, right? Antler has, has selected each individual to be there because we see the potential for them to find a business and we, we think there's the potential for us to back them and invest in them. Can I just jump in there, Darren, just and ask you, so because you said this, like, you look for the potential, how do you see that you pay specific attention to with regards to finding something that you can match with others? A lot of it is the same advice that we actually give to the cohort. Um, and I hate to say it because probably every analyst in the world is going to hate me for this, but it's a lot of gut instinct. You can look at someone on LinkedIn, as Evan says, you can look at someone's CV and be like, this person is a credible founder. Then you have a conversation with them, get under the skin of it, and, and you really begin to understand, is this person credible? And I think what a lot of other people may look at is this concept of leadership. Have you led teams? Have you led a business forward? Have you led a project? Has something you've done failed? Um, and what have you learned from that? But another layer that we add to that is followership. Um, great, okay, you've led things, but did the people that follow you actually enjoy it? Did they come back to you? Do they, do they seek out mentorship from you? Do they continue to work with you in personal, professional circumstances? Um, other people's recommendations and referrals are always better than your own judgment and isolation. And I think a lot of it is that when it comes to the interviewing process that we have before you join the cohort, and then the aspects of kind of drive and grit, like the best question that I can ask you is what are you going to do when Antler rejects you? Um, and just see, do, do they get infuriated? Are they like, this is the only thing I'm going to do? Or are they saying, well, I've, I'm ready to quit my job anyway. I'm going to start this company with or without Antler. Um, I can now foresee anyone that listens to this podcast telling me that, they, <laughs> that they're going to get on with it anyway. Um, so I don't want to give away too much, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, we're not, we're not trying to get you to reveal your secret sauce here, but more more rather to how we can actually bring from what you know and from what you do and also what Ivan can share and I guess also from what we as SAPX can share in regards to what is there to know about putting people together who can build a venture. Jörg talked a bit about earlier how in his experience, maybe Jörg, you can speak a little bit to this actually like the differences between when you are someone who've known each other for quite a while i know you know this also personally but you've also seen it uh, in our portfolio like when founders know each other versus when they meet like what is there to pay attention to what are pros and cons i think it is important to, to share vision but i also think it's important to share a common set of values and i have done this often discussing with founder teams when they are like yeah but how can we discuss values and i always say well it's important that you share the same values if they are good or bad that's another discussion but it's very important to share the same values and then when they are looking for inspiration i very often say just google for the wikipedia entry of the nightly virtues and then talk about them Spend an evening discussing with your co-founders and maybe even like the few team members that you might have as an early stage startup, discuss the nightly virtues and see how you, how you think about them as a team and have a discussion on, do we want to be fair or do we want to be correct? And what does that question actually mean? And I think there is a right or wrong for every individual here, but it's important to align with your co-founders on how do you want to be as a group? Do you feel comfortable with the decisions that the others will make? And what are the core values of how you want to do business together? And there can be very different values. And I think as a founder team, you should have very similar values because otherwise one will always feel like, no, this is not the right thing to do. And if that is happening, then I don't think the company has a good future because that will not work in the long run. 
Darren, are you like catalyzing these discussions? I guess so. But how are you doing this? Yeah, thank you, Jörg. Um, in in the first week, one of the things that we'll, we'll do with every cohort is a deep dive into values. Um, but before I talk a little bit about that, I just want to reflect on the interview process as well, because we'll ask people, what is it that's driving you to find a company? What do you expect to get from this? What is success going to look like for you in seven years' time if, you're, if you've built this company? And a bit of advice to anyone that's speaking to a potential co-founder is just don't take anything at face value. Really dig down for explicit examples of, of, of what in the future an example of that value is or where have these values been tested in the past? Because I'll often ask people and get the answer, impact. I want to make an impact. And it's like, what does that mean? It's a meaningless word by itself. So what satisfies you as impact? For myself, it's helping people find co-founders and build companies, and that's proven when we invest. The part of how we get them to examine their own values is we'll run just an open discussion session with the entire group, and it starts to surface those platitudes of what a value might be or might not be and forces a deeper discussion within the group about what they mean about these specific values. We run a bunch of team challenges over the first few weeks, which kind of get people to put their guard down and actually personify these values do they actually put them into action okay cool this is my value team sharing culture these might be my values but then when i put you into a situation where it's hypothetical of course you have the choice between two very difficult options those choices are what put your values out there and i do think that a lot of the time 99 of the time those values should be aligned in certain instances if you've got more than two people in a team for example it can be interesting to have some contrast in those values because it's going to give you more optionality when it comes to making difficult decisions as long as you are a team that can discuss debate and agree and disagree for sure and ivan i would like to bring you in here and as someone who's been going through this and also are still on, I mean, it's a never ending journey as a founder to build your team and figure out who are the people you want to work with and to grow this venture with. So could you share a little bit about what you have learned from the beginning of the time and also until now, and please include where you are now with your team as well? Yep, certainly. I think, you know, sort of going back to What Darren was saying, you know, I think the good thing is Antler has put us on a very good framework in terms of, you know, structuring down, you know, what our core values are, what our key driving factors and whatnot. But it's important to also sort of check into that regularly because the reality is, you know, as, as we grow older, you know, our values do change and they do, they do sort of, whether they pivot, whether they mature or whatnot, they do change. And it's one where... We try to have a bit of a, um, I know, especially with me and my co-founder, you know, we, we try to have a check-in sort of every sort of month or so, you know, where it's one where, you know, let's pull ourselves away from the office, you know, because I think we get easily sucked into just continuously talking about work, 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 you know, but it's just saying actually, you know, whether it be going out for a dinner, you know, going out for drinks or something like that, but trying to extract yourself out from the environment, A. And B2 is like saying with life, with the business, you know, is that idea where, you know, how is the whole ecosystem effectively feeling with that? And it's really seeing how we all connect and whether things have changed. And so it's, it's important to have frequent check-ins. Nowadays, you know, as we bring in more um, people to our team now, I think especially from, from a bit more of an employee standpoint, is making sure that they, A, they sort of share the vision and share the enthusiasm because the reality is, a lot of people 
would have come from a very structured environment, whether this be a past career in a big corporate company or even universities where it's all very structured. Whereas, you know, startups are you know, as much structure as you want to create. You know, the reality is we're always having to build our road ahead. So you need to have that sort of mental agility in terms of being able to and do something and think on your feet, essentially. And I think a lot of people get sort of scared of that. But at the same time, you know, people also get quite enthusiastic, and quite excited in terms of having that freedom to really create something. It's also having that environment where it's like, you know, feel free to sort of speak out, but also feel free to sort of make mistakes. You know, I can reflect on a lot of mistakes I've made in my previous startup, you know, whether it be as simple as, you know, sort of placing your marketing budget in the wrong area completely. And then you've burned three months worth of your marketing budget on something you know, as simple as that. But it's being able to do that, being honest with yourself, say, actually, guys, I don't think this has worked here, you know, but you no know, learning from that experience, because at the end of the day, we only learn from our failures and it's keeping that open conversation and saying, all right, this may have been a mistake, but for future references, References, you know, for future times, all right, let's think, look at this way and, and learn how to build forward. I want to make sure we also bring in the topic of diversity directly today. Uh, you've shared, both of you, how it's important to bring in people who have different skills than yourself. But I know you all here advocate diversity in terms of gender, experience, age, culture and so on and so forth. Bringing together people who are different from one another can also be challenging. So tell us how you suggest dealing with this topic, Darren first and then Ivan. We see it with every cohort, all these kind of prejudices of age, diversity, skill set, etc. People come in with a preconception of what a company should look like and who their co-founder is going to be. And then the surprising thing is then the diversity of the teams. Fortunately, in Antler in the UK, 40% of our companies in the portfolio have female co-founder. That's way above what a lot of other um, VCs will see across Europe. And then within that, there's about 25% of them are actually the CEO. I think there's a lot still to do to bring that up. And that's just obviously one metric. You're right. The, the diversity within a co-founding team can bring so many different perspectives to solving problems and, and taking the next step in building a company. And that's why we, we find it so valuable at Antler in terms of building our portfolio companies. How you get individuals to bridge those gaps in the first place. It, while you were speaking, Zoran, I was instantly thinking of one of the companies from earlier cohorts. Um, there's probably an age gap between the CEO and CTO that would allow for at least two or three children. And they're just a fantastic team. One has the domain experience. He spent 30, 40 years working in cybersecurity. The other one is the CEO who says, well, why do things happen that way? Why can't we do things differently? Let's change things. Let's sell things differently. Let's build things in a different way. So it's a perfect example of the difference in thinking. You have someone from the industry that can tell you what does and doesn't work. And someone who is much younger, but still in that industry that can say, but we could do things differently. That positive friction within the team allows them to innovate. Most certainly. I think building on what Darren said, I think also sort of reflecting on sort of my personal experience and also living in London, you know, London, I think is one of the most diverse cities in the whole world. And then me, myself, you know, as someone that was you know, originally grew up in Malaysia, but has also grown up in different countries, sort of Australia, Indonesia, and the UK too. Um, and having been to an international school, so I was quite used to having this idea of sort of diversity. But I mean, I think knocking on to, you know, building onto that in terms of age and experience, that's where, you know, you have to get over a lot of that prejudgment. 
because how people look on paper can be completely different to how they are in real life. You know, as you said, you can write anything on paper. You can make your LinkedIn profile shout as much as you want or be as silent as you want. So it's sort of getting um, past that prejudgment, which I think a lot of people naturally have. I know me myself, and this maybe cast back to we can have a different topic, but you know, in terms of sort of having a bit of life coaching previously. I think in a lot of industries, especially in my past life in finance, which is a very formal industry, you're almost taught to prejudge people, you know, by how they dress, you know, what firm they're from, you know, how much, what title they have and whatnot. And it's always trying to sort of you know, knock down those barriers and knock down those walls and don't judge a book by its cover, as they say. So it's getting past it. And I think that's where the importance is of, you know, sort of whether it be founders dating, but also just that idea of just communication, being able to converse, you know, being able to ask the hard questions. I know one one thing sort of Darren always stresses, ask the hard questions now. You know, there will be a lot of questions which will be uncomfortable to ask, you know, and I think a lot of people almost dodge. But sometimes you're just going to say, all right, actually, sorry, this is going to be a quite a hard question to you you know, and just fire it at them, you know, and sort of realize that you're not trying to attack them in any way, but you're just trying to get the the genuine truth, essentially. I think that's something that Darren is most likely doing and that we are also trying to do is create environments where you can quickly get at the substance of these things, where you can like leave out some of the traditions and, and diplomatic things that you're usually used to, where we always try to create spaces where people can get to the essence of things faster than in other environments. And that usually leads to being just able to to make faster decisions, execute faster, find people faster and come together faster. So, yeah, I think one thing that's interesting in talking about this, this aspect of diversity within teams and, and finding your co-founder is obviously there's always the option that that team doesn't work. And Ivan, when he was in the Antler cohort, the team that you see today as, as human life wasn't the team in the moment that it formed. And there was an additional uh, co-founder for a very brief period of time. But nonetheless, it shows you that there was a discussion of should there be someone else here? And I, I wonder, Ivan, if you're, if you're happy to share a little bit on, on what it was like being three down to two and how you go through that process. 100%. And I think, I think it, it sort of boiled down back to what Darren was saying earlier about teams tend to sort of break up or because they fail to ask the sort of positioning question, you know, who's going to be CEO, who's going to be CTO, who's going to be COO and whatnot initially on. And I think the Antler environment sometimes um, sort of incubates it and sort of encourages it where, you know, you can sort of form fast, but also fail fast at the same time. Because at the end of the day, it's how quickly you can sort of churn and spin the circle to do that. So when we tracked out, you know, we tracked out as a team of three, sort of between myself, Nero, who's my present co-founder, and River. And I think that's where we were pushing River to really be the CTO. And I think he was particularly uncomfortable with that position because even though he had a technical background, A, I think he saw maybe CTO role as a bit more of a grinding position. And I think he, he wanted to be in a more senior, um, more sort of CEO position, essentially. So I think it's one where being able to ask the hard questions, A, but also just knowing, all right, you know, if this is not going to work, when is the right time to sort of pull yourself out from the structure? Because I think the worst thing that could have happened, right, is that we stuck around with this, you know, for two, three, four, five months, five years or something like that, then it explodes. Whereas if it explodes early on, that gives us time to sort of being able to sort of, it's a bit of a punch to the face initially, but then, you know, you sort of take a step back, a deep breath, and then you can quickly regroup and create something more exciting. 
Thank you so much for sharing that story, Ivan. And I think it's, it's really interesting to dive into really these types of hard questions that you need to address face on, because if you don't face them from the beginning, they will just come back to haunt you at some point. Questions such as title, but also when it comes to salary, equity, uh, ownership. And I think these topics in themselves are questions worth episodes on this podcast. So I'm sure we will get back to them. I want to end with trying to sort of just summarize if things don't work out. What do you do and how do you know? Starting a company is obviously tough and it's serious, but there's also a positive way forward if you find out, look, it was just not meant to be. Most certainly. So I think it's being able to sort of A, accept that things do fail. Notice when it fails, you know, sort of reflect on it and understand why it's failed. I think the key thing is don't beat yourself up about it. If I had to write down all my failures, it'll be a ginormous book to say the least. So accept it and more importantly, learn from it. At the end of the day, you know, I think my approach is very sort of straightforward. You know, when something fails, you know, sort of reflect on it. Why did it go? So sort of take a deep breath, you know, whether you need a day off or a week off. Well, you can't really take a week off in, in a startup. Maybe, you know, maybe a night off or something like that. You know, take a deep breath and then figure out, all right, tomorrow, all right, how are we going to do this again? Whether we've got to attack the thing the same way, you know, pivot slightly or whether we've just got to go down a different route. I think at the end of the day, I think Steve Jobs said it where it was like the journey is a success. So just always enjoy what you're doing and um, and keep trucking along. All right. I think that's a good place to end for today. Thank you so much for being here with us and sharing your insights and anecdotes. Ivan, Darren and Jörg. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you all. So to summarize, we've learned today that when it comes to finding a co-founder, you want to look inwards before you look outwards. Do you know your own values and ambitions? You want to make sure these are matched with those of your co-founders. So try to dig into what they really mean to you and to them so you're on the same page. Know your own strengths, weaknesses, skills and skill gaps when you bring in more people. And try to have diversity in mind when you hire to bring people together who complement each other. Building a company takes time. So finding the right co-founder for the long term is crucial and it must be done consciously. Oh, and it sounds like we also all need to read about the nightly virtues and maybe watch some Love Island. That's all for today. If you have feedback or topic ideas, send me an email at cern at apx.vc or comment on the episode on social media where we are at APX Berlin. The Early Stages is a podcast by APX produced by Wakebird. Thanks to Yannick, Helen, Austin and Jörg for helping out, to our panel for joining and to you for listening. My name is Soren Nielsen and I will be back in two weeks time. We will end today's episode with a voice message we've received from one company in the APX portfolio, whom we've asked to share one thing they wish they would have known before they started their company. Here's what they said. Hi there, I'm Delphine from Minky. Minky is the integrative B2B solution to reach out and reconnect employees during the digital workday. So one thing that I wish I'd known before I started my own company is how important it is to get strong advisors, to get mentors at your side. And best is to get their support right from the start so that you do not make common mistakes. I hope this advice helps and I wish you much success with your startup. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.